The Laws of Forbidden Foods, Chapter 11. This chapter focuses on Gentile wine and similar issues. First halacha. It is forbidden to benefit in any way from wine that has been offered to an idol. Anyone who drinks such wine receives lashes according to the Torah. And while the focus of this chapter is wine, this is true about anything which is offered to an idol. Chapter 2. There is no minimum measure for which one becomes liable. Rather, the smallest amount makes one liable. Third halacha. There is a term called stam yenam, which means their ordinary wine, but the idea really is Gentile wine and it refers to any wine belonging to a non-Jew, and we do not know whether it was offered to an idol. According to the rabbis, one is forbidden to benefit from stam yenam, and someone who drinks a revius of it is given lashes for rebellious conduct. That is, rabbinically imposed lashes. A revius is a quarter log. Rav Chaim Nos says this is about three ounces. Fourth halacha. Any wine that a non-Jew has touched becomes forbidden. The concern is that they may have offered it to an idol. And that means that even a Jewish person's wine, if it is touched by a non-Jew, becomes stam yenam. Fifth halacha. If a non-Jewish child touches wine, or if a non-Jew touches it unintentionally, it becomes forbidden to drink, but it is not forbidden to benefit from it. The remainder of this halacha and the sixth halacha deal with specific categories of servants, and it's a little outside of the scope of a four-minute shear. Seventh halacha. A ger toishev, that is, someone who is not Jewish but has accepted upon himself the seven mitzvahs b'nei nayach. Such a person's wine is asr to drink, but it is not forbidden for benefit. The same din applies to Arabs, and presumably here Rambam means Muslims, because they do not serve false gods. Eighth halacha. And so here's the general rule. Whenever in these halachas we refer to wine as asr, if the non-Jew who causes it to be asr is someone who serves false gods, then the wine is asr for hana, meaning it is forbidden to benefit from it. Otherwise, the wine is only forbidden to drink. Ninth halacha. Only wine that is fit to be offered can become prohibited under these laws. And so therefore, wine that is mevushal, that is, it has been cooked, may not become usser under these laws. But if the wine is simply beginning to turn to vinegar, it still may become prohibited under these laws. Tenth halacha. Several ga'enim have ruled that wine that was mixed with honey or with yeast is not fit to be offered and therefore cannot become prohibited under these laws. Eleventh halacha. Once grapes are crushed and the juice begins to flow from them, the juice can become forbidden. Therefore, Gentiles cannot participate in crushing grapes for making Jewish wine. The concern here is that they might touch it with their hand, by the way, not their feet. Twelfth halacha. That said, if a non-Jew participates in crushing the grapes, even if he doesn't touch them, the wine becomes prohibited to drink. By the way, there's a debate amongst the commentaries about whether Rambam means that they didn't touch it with their hands or they didn't even touch it with their feet. Thirteenth halacha. It is prohibited to benefit from vinegar that's from Gentiles because it's made with wine that could have been offered to an idol before it turned into vinegar. Here, clearly, by the way, we're talking about wine vinegar. A non-Jew crushing grapes in a barrel or who's eating grapes and throws the remainder into a barrel does not cause the contents of the barrel to become forbidden. Fourteenth halacha. Grape seeds and grape peels from Gentiles are forbidden to benefit from, but after 12 months, when they dry out, no longer contain moisture, now they're no longer forbidden. Fifteenth Wineskins or barrels that non-Jews use for wine may not be used for Jewish wine unless they've been thoroughly cleaned out, and Rambam offers a few ways to do that. Any Jewish wine placed in these things before they're properly cleaned out is forbidden to drink. Sixteenth halacha. Other things like beer, fish brine, and fish oil are permitted to be put into these barrels or skins. And in fact, once these things are placed into a barrel or a wineskin, the barrel or wineskin is considered to have been properly cleaned out. Seventeenth halacha. Someone who buys new utensils, even if they're not covered in pitch, which is a thing that apparently used to be done, one can immediately put wine in them, and they don't have to be concerned that perhaps they are used for non-Jewish wine. If they were covered in pitch, they should be cleaned first before one uses them with wine. Eighteenth halacha. Any cup made out of earthenware that a non-Jew has used, and here presumably we mean with wine, should be washed out three times, and then it can be used for Jewish wine. Nineteenth halacha. Earthenware utensils that have been glazed with lead, even if they're used with Gentile wine, can immediately be used with kosher wine so long as they're white, red, or black, but not green because green absorbs. And this isn't because of the color, by the way, it's because of the substance necessary to make the color. If some of the material is visible and is not glazed, then the whole thing is prohibited, but that's only if it's been used for a very long time to hold wine. If it's just used temporarily to hold wine, like while someone's drinking it, then it's not a problem. 20th halacha. A wine press made of stone or wood that a non-Jew used must be thoroughly cleaned before a Jew can use it for wine. 21st halacha. In the prior case,
case, if the wine press was sealed with pitch, the pitch must be peeled off before it can be used, unless it was very thoroughly cleaned, which Rambam describes. 22nd halacha. If the wine press is made out of earthenware, it is much more strict. It must be heated with fire until the pitch softens, left for 12 months, or water must be placed in it for three successive days. 23rd halacha. If a filter has been used to filter out Gentile wine, if it is made out of hair, it should be washed thoroughly. If it is made out of wool, it should be washed thoroughly four times, with both water and ashes, and then left until it dries. If it is made out of flax, it should be left for 12 months. If it has knots, the knots must be untied, and this list continues for a little bit. The important thing is that it must be cleaned very well. Obviously, that process is going to be based partly on what the material is. 24th halacha. Now we're discussing the utensils that are used in a wine press, if they were used first by non-Jews. The boards, the balls of clay, the palm branches, they should all be washed thoroughly. The restraints that are placed around grapes as they're being crushed must be dried out, and depending on the material, they may need to be dried out for 12 months, or boiled in boiling water, or placed in flowing water continuously for 12 hours. 25th halacha. In the time that Eretz Yisrael was controlled by the Jewish people, it used to be possible to purchase wine from any Jew without concern. But outside of Eretz Yisrael, it was always necessary to buy wine from someone who was known to sell only kosher wine. Today, no matter where we are, we can only buy wine from someone who has a good reputation, and the same law is true with meat, cheese, and fish, unless there is a sign on them demonstrating that they are kosher. 26 halacha. If a person is enjoying the hospitality of a Jewish person, obviously here we're talking about someone who he knows and trusts, it is not necessary to ask that person where he gets the wine from, where he gets the meat from, etc. But if the host has a reputation for not being observant, then one should not accept his hospitality, because it is forbidden to drink wine or eat his food. And that's the case even if he provides assurances that the food and the wine are kosher.